guests. We give thanks to God that we can be here all for worship of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on this Thanksgiving Sunday. We welcome all guests worshiping with us at Emmanuel Canadian Reformed Church, and we hope you feel welcome here today. We also welcome everyone worshiping with us via live stream. Council has the following announcements. Brother Matthew Vandenberg has requested an attestation to Nearlandia Canadian Reformed Church. Matthew, we wish you the Lord's blessing in your new congregation. This morning we will witness the baptism of one of God's covenant children, Moses James Bedell, son of Brother Thomas and Sister Elizabeth Bedell. May the Holy Spirit use this sacrament to strengthen and assure us in our faith. We give thanks to the Lord that today Brother Jeff Hawkins can be received into the communion of saints gathered in Emmanuel. Brother and Sister John and Leping Zhang have requested to publicly profess their faith. Consistory has met with Brother and Sister Zhang and with gladness is able to accede to their request. If there is no lawful objections, their profession of faith and the baptism of their children, Ivy, Andrew, and Morgan will take place, Lord willing, on November 5th, 2023. This morning's worship service will be led by our pastor, Reverend Julius Vince Bronson. And in preparation for worship, we will praise our God with the singing of one of the songs sent to the churches for testing, the alternate version of Psalm 41, Blessed is the Holy One who helps the weak and the poor. Stanzas 2, 4, and 5.
us rise for worship and lift up our hearts to the Lord. We begin this worship service by together confessing our dependence on the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. We'll now sing together a hymn of thanksgiving, hymn 83. Submit to the ten words of the covenant. The Lord teaches us how to live in our redeemed life. He reveals to us the many different ways that we sin against him and against our neighbor so that we can also confess our sins before him with truth and sincerity and seek our salvation in Jesus Christ who perfectly obeyed these commandments for us and in our place reading these Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, which you can find on page 61 in the Pew Bible. And God speaks all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not 
take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. When someone asked our Lord Jesus what is the great command in the law, he replied, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. We'll now join in prayer and confess our sins before the Lord. Almighty and holy, gracious Father, we have again heard the ten words of the covenant. We thank you that in these words we can be, our hearts and minds can be directed to you, the creator of heaven and earth, the eternal, almighty, unchanging, perfectly gracious, giving Father in Jesus Christ. Father, as we hear your words, as you show us, how you created us to to live, we confess before you the many different ways that we have failed to show our love for you, the many different priorities that we've made in our lives. We've made things on this earth, temporary things of more importance to us than, than you and your kingdom. Father, we pray that you will work powerfully in our hearts by your Holy Spirit to see this, that we may give our hearts and minds, our bodies, to you in service, and that as we do that, O Lord, we pray that you will help us to love one another as you have commanded. And again, we confess before you our sins of not loving those around us, causing harm even by what we've said, the things we've thought, the things we've done. Lord, we are made aware by the light of your law that shines in our lives that we are undeserving of your grace and your mercy. And yet by your grace to us, we may know our sins. And we may know you. We may know that you are 
gracious and merciful that you sent your only Son into the world to bear the punishment we deserve for our sins and to be our righteousness before you. We thank you, Father, that we may rejoice together in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit that we desire to live according to your commandments, that the sins in our lives are there against our will. And we ask that you will continue to strengthen us, guide us by your word, by your spirit, so that again today, O Lord, your name may be glorified by each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 1 John, we read, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the hope of this promise, we can sing praise to God, our shepherd, with the words of Psalm 23.
has been announced already, Brother and Sister Thomas and Elizabeth Bedell have requested the sign and seal of baptism for their son Moses James, and as we do that now, we will read together the form for the baptism of infants, which can be found on page 597 in the Book of Praise, if you'd like to read along. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the doctrine of holy baptism is summarized as follows. First, we and our children are conceived and born in sin and are therefore by nature children of wrath so that we cannot enter the kingdom of God unless we are born again. This is what the immersion in or sprinkling with water teaches us. It signifies the impurity of our souls so that we may detest ourselves humble ourselves before God and seek our cleansing and salvation outside of ourselves. Second, baptism signifies and seals to us the washing away of our sins through Jesus Christ. We are therefore baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we are baptized into the name of the Father, God the Father testifies and seals to us that he establishes an eternal covenant of grace with us. He adopts us for his children and heirs and promises to provide us with all good and avert all evil or turn it to our benefit. When we are baptized into the name of the Son, God the Son promises us that he washes us in his blood from all our sins and unites us with him in his death and resurrection. Thus we are freed from our sins and accounted righteous before God. When we are baptized into the name of the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit assures us by this sacrament that he will dwell in us and make us living members of Christ, imparting to us what we have in Christ, namely the cleansing from our sins and the daily renewal of our lives till we shall finally be presented without blemish among the assembly of God's elect in life eternal. And third, since every covenant contains two parts, a promise and an obligation, we are, through baptism, called and obliged by the Lord to a new obedience. We are to cleave to this one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to trust Him and to love Him with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and with all our strength. We must not love the world, but put off our old nature and lead a God-fearing life. And if we sometimes through weakness fall into sins, we must not despair of God's mercy, nor continue in sin. For baptism is a seal and trustworthy testimony that we have an eternal covenant with God. Although our children do not understand all this, we may not therefore exclude them from baptism. Just as they share without their knowledge in the condemnation of Adam, so are they without their knowledge received into grace in Christ. For the Lord spoke to Abraham, the father of all believers, and thus, speaks, and thus also speaks to us and our children, saying, and this is Genesis 17, verse 7, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Peter also testifies uh, to this when he says in Acts 2, verse 39, For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. 
Therefore, in the old dispensation, God commanded that infants be circumcised. This circumcision was a seal of the covenant and of the righteousness of faith. We read in Mark 10, verse 16, that Christ also took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. In the new dispensation, baptism has replaced circumcision. Therefore, infants must be baptized as heirs of the kingdom of God and of his covenant. And as they grow up, their parents have the duty to instruct them in these things. In order that we may now administer this holy sacrament of God to his glory for our comfort and to the upbuilding of the congregation, let us call upon his holy name. Almighty, eternal God, in your righteous judgment, you punish the unbelieving and unrepentant world with the flood, but in your great mercy saved and protected the believer Noah and his family. You drowned the obstinate Pharaoh and all his host in the Red Sea, but led your people Israel through the midst of the sea on dry ground, by which baptism was signified. We therefore pray that you in your infinite mercy will graciously look upon this, your child, and incorporate Moses James Bedell by your Holy Spirit into your Son, Jesus Christ, so that he may be buried with him by baptism into death and raised with him to walk in newness of life. We pray that Moses, following him day by day, may joyfully bear his cross and cleave to him in true faith, firm hope, and ardent love. Grant that he, comforted in you, may leave this life which is no more than a constant death, and at the last day may appear without terror before the judgment seat of Christ, your Son. All this we ask through him, our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, with you and the Holy Spirit, one only God, lives and reigns forever. Amen. Now ask the parents to rise. Beloved in Christ the Lord, you have heard that baptism is an ordinance of the Lord our God to seal to us and our children his covenant. We must therefore use this sacrament for that purpose and not out of custom or superstition. And that it may be clear then that you desire baptism for the right purpose, you are to answer sincerely the following questions. First, do you confess that our children, though conceived and born in sin, and therefore subject to all sorts of misery, even to condemnation, are sanctified in Christ, and thus as members of his church ought to be baptized? Second, do you confess that the doctrine of the Old and New Testament summarized in the confessions and taught here in this Christian church is the true and complete doctrine of salvation? And third, do you promise as father and mother to instruct your child in this doctrine as soon as he is able to understand and to have him instructed therein to the utmost of your power? What is your answer, Brother Thomas and Sister Elizabeth? After the administration of baptism, we will all together rise and sing hymn 56. Moses, James, Bedell, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
join in prayer of thanksgiving and ask the Lord for his blessing also over the reading of scripture. Almighty, merciful God and Father, we thank and praise you that you have forgiven us and our children all our sins through the blood of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ. You received us through your Holy Spirit as members of your only begotten Son and so adopted us to be your children. You sealed and confirmed this to us by holy baptism. We pray through your beloved Son that you will always govern this child by your Holy Spirit, that Moses James Bedell may be nurtured in the Christian faith and in godliness and may grow and increase in the Lord Jesus Christ. Grant that Moses thus may acknowledge your fatherly goodness and mercy which you have shown to him and to us all. May he live in all righteousness under our only teacher, king, and high priest, Jesus Christ, and valiantly fight against and overcome sin, the devil, and his whole dominion. May he forever praise and magnify you and your son, Jesus Christ, together with the Holy Spirit, the one only true God. Father, we thank you that we may know you, that we may call you our Father in Jesus Christ, that we may again be reminded of your great, rich promises to us as believers and our children. We thank you, Father, that we may hold the Bible in our hand and read and study it. And we ask, Father, that we may be guided in our lives of thankfulness by your word. Pray that you will bless the reading of Scripture, that you will enlighten our minds by your Holy Spirit, that you will also equip your servant in this place, that he may faithfully, boldly proclaim the truth, that we may be guided by the good news of our salvation in Jesus Christ as we seek to serve you in, in thankfulness. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we will read together a passage from Acts near the end of the book of Acts, chapter 27. Starting at verse 13, page 936. Paul is on his way to, to Rome. He's in a ship, and then we read, Now when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore. But soon a tempestuous wind called the northeaster struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear, and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the car cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, 
Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. When the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land. So they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. A little farther on, they took a sounding again and found fifteen fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had, and, and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. And when he had said these things, he took bread, and giving thanks to God in the presence of all, he broke it and began to eat. Then they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. We were in all 276 persons in the ship. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship, throwing out the wheat into the sea. Now when it was day, they did not recognize the land, but they noticed a bay with a beach on which they planned, if possible, to run the ship ashore. So they cast off the anchors and left them in the sea, at the same time loosening the ropes that tied to the rudders. Then hoisting the foresail to the wind, they made for the beach. But striking a reef, they ran the vessel aground. The bow struck and remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners, lest any should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wishing to save Paul, kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and make for the land, and the rest on planks or on pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely to land. As far as the reading, we'll now sing together a psalm that speaks of God providing uh, the food we need for each day. Psalm 104, stanzas 7 and 8. <clears throat> 